0: Author Media presents Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. I'm your host, the professor of book marketing, Thomas Umstead Jr., and today we're gonna talk about search engine optimization, also known as SEO. SEO is when you craft a page in such a way that it ranks high in search rankings. But we're not going to talk about Google SEO today. We're going to talk about Amazon SEO, which for many authors is far more important. And we have one of the top uh, Amazon SEO experts uh, with us today. I'm very excited. Our guest today is the creator of Kindlepreneur, a website devoted to teaching advanced book marketing, which even Amazon KDP acknowledged as one of the best by telling users to gain insight from Kindlepreneur on how you can optimize your book marketing for your books. So I'm excited to welcome to the Novel Marketing Podcast, Dave Chesson. Hey, thank you so much. Glad to be here. So why is Amazon SEO so important for authors? Well, Amazon SEO is about basically getting your
1: book in front of the right shoppers. I mean, we look at the path and what happens is, is that a shopper sits down, they go to Amazon.com, and generally speaking, they type something into the search bar, uh, that you know that area where we type in what we're looking for. They hit search, and then through that, Amazon decides whether or not to show uh, which books and in what order. We found that statistically, books that rank at the top can expect between 20 to 30% of the people that typed it in to actually click on it, whereas that quickly drops down to like 11%, then 9%, 8%, 7 6%. So being at the top and right in front of the shopper as they're, they're looking for something will help to increase not only your ability to get seen... But your ability to make sales.
0: And that's really key. A lot of people think that Google is the dominant search engine, and it is for certain kinds of searches, right? If somebody's doing a search for a dentist, they're going to do that search on Google. But for product searches, over half of the searches happen on Amazon. And I would venture to guess that of uh, books, it's even more that way. <laughs> so it's more people are searching for products on Amazon than all of the other search engines combined, including. Google. So this is where you want to rank because this is where, no one's going to Google and typing in like mystery suspense, right? Or Amish romance. They're typing that phrase into Amazon far more often.
1: Absolutely. And one more thing about that too, is that just about the entire world has an Amazon account, which means that it's extremely easy to make that purchase right then and there. I, I If I'm on a a book website or whatever that sells books and I decide I want to buy one, The problem is, is that I've got to then create an account. I don't know if I trust putting my credit card information to this website. I don't fully understand. And then I can finally purchase it. A lot of people might actually find a book somewhere. Turn around, go to Amazon.com, put it in there, find it, click and buy because they already have it all set up. So it's an absolutely wonderful marketplace that people just have a lot of trust and they know that Amazon's always going to have what they're looking for.
0: Yeah. Amazon took over the market with one really simple strategy, and that was caring about the actual customer, the end customer. So Amazon sees their customer as the book reader, not uh, the retailer. So a traditional publisher, their customers are Barnes & Noble and Amazon, whereas Amazon sees their customer as the actual human being reading the book. And that has been their secret sauce. You wouldn't think that that would have been uh, so Secret, but they were, when they first started doing it, the only company that did, who cared about readers uh, in that way, and they were able to gobble up just unbelievable amounts of market share, especially in the U.S. They're a little less dominant in some other countries. Some countries will have a really strong local um, player, but other countries, Amazon has has blown away. Uh, the local com- uh, competition, but I do want to ask, You know, when we start talking about SEO, I imagine some of our listeners, are eyes immediately started watering, or they're like, oh no, <laughs> it's like, why is SEO so hard, or why is it so scary for so many authors? Well, I mean, I know that when it comes to like
1: Google, it seems to be this really hardcore, crazy, nobody knows what's going on, and Billion steps you have to take, and may the force be with you. Uh, Amazon's a lot more simple than that, but yet it is still one of those things where a lot of people say that, well, nobody really knows what's going on, and so therefore the information's not um, accurate. But here's the thing is, is that it's if you can break it down, it actually becomes a lot more simple, and I think, too, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. There's really just three things to Amazon SEO. Okay, The first is identifying the target that you want to show up for. Okay? What phrases do you want your book to be in front of someone when they type it in? The second is getting indexed. And what index means is convincing Amazon that your book should show up somewhere in the search results, okay? Could be book 1, could be book 10,000. The key is you're just letting them know, "Hey guys, I really think my book should should show up somewhere on this list." And the third is increasing your rankings so that you get up to the top cuz like we said, You know, a higher percentage of people are going to click on book number one than book number four. So those three steps are really important. And I think what really a lot of authors run into is they might do one step or they might do two steps, but they never do the full three steps.
0: Yeah. And I would say the one I see the most often that authors miss is identifying their target. Right. Everyone wants to rank on Google or on amazon but they never think about what they want to rank for <laughs> it's like right and if you don't think about that right and like and now when you write a blog post a lot of you probably have yoast seo on your wordpress blog and asks you to type in a target keyword And if you don't type in that target keyword, half of the plugin doesn't work because all of the suggestions it's giving you is how to help you rank for the phrase you're actually trying to rank for. And so often we leave that field blank. So what tips do you have for the author who's like, I don't know who to target my book for. My book is for everyone, right? You don't want to type in everyone. That's not a keyword you want to target. So how do you identify that target audience?
1: Well, first off, there's three things that I really care about when it comes to keywords. First off, I want to make sure that it's a keyword people actually type into Amazon. The second is I want to make sure that books are actually making sales that show up for that keyword. And the third is I want to make sure that that keyword is not too competitive to the point that I can't like get myself into the top. Uh, here's a great example. Thriller novel. Okay. Yeah. Lots of people are typing that in. Books are definitely making sales. But is there any chance that my first ever thriller novel is going to rank number one in Amazon for the term thriller novel? No, not at all.
0: (laughs) Not unless your name is James Patterson and your book just came out. (laughs) That's right. So we need to understand these things. And I think that's
1: a lot where like authors get really scared. Now, without using any software or paying for stuff, here are three ways that you can figure these three things out. All right. The first is, is that, you know, Amazon has an auto suggest system in their search bar. So you can start typing in the phrases that you're thinking of. And Amazon will try to guess at what you're going to finish typing by looking at what other people have typed in the past so you can quickly start seeing and they're trying to like add more words etc from there you can start typing stuff in and just keep keep a list of what you see amazon show now you won't know uh, how many people type that in. You just know that people have typed it into the point Amazon thinks it's a good guess <laughs> that that's what you're going to type. So now you can start building a list of, of phrases that people type in. The second is trying to figure out how much money those books are making. Uh, you can click on, you know, once you type in that phrase and hit search, you can click on the books that show up and you can take their Amazon bestseller rank and we have a free calculator on Google. Just type in like Kindle calculator and it should show up. Take that Amazon bestseller rank put it into the calculator, click, and it will tell you on average, like how many books that day it sold. So now you can look and say, okay, well so far today, this book has made 48 bucks. That that's kind of cool. Uh, or, you know, this book has made $4,000. Uh, the point is is that now you can take away that guess and you can see that books are succeeding that show for this keyword. And finally competition. This one's a bit harder. This is more of a subjective opinion. Um, what you have to do is you have to look at those books, and some of the things I like to think to myself is how good is the cover? How good does this book fit the search term, right? Um, how popular is the author? Is the author famous, or have I never heard of this person? Uh, how many reviews do they have? How frequent are those reviews? You can look at all those things. Oh, and one other thing I like to do too is sometimes I'll take the authors and I'll do a Google search to see, you know, oh, wow, this person is a columnist for Forbes magazine got it you know or uh, this person has won the dragon award for you know for best fantasy got it but i can take all that information and start to ask myself you know did amazon present the right books and can i beat those books and once you have those three things you can now start to know which keywords are going to be more beneficial than what's currently happening which is authors are just throwing out some random phrases or you know what they think might be good, and have no basis on whether or not to target it.
0: Because there's kind of a sweet spot where you don't want to target something too popular, right? That's too hot. And you also don't want to target something that's too cold, right? There are categories in Amazon that have zero books in them that you have to use like deep data mining to find. And if you enter that category or a number one bestseller or that search for for, phrase, you may be the number one book in that search phrase. But if no one's searching for that book, Uh, search term doesn't do you any good because chances are you already rank number one for your book by your name right if you type in your book title and then put by and you type in your name hopefully you rank number one for that but if no one's searching for it it's not doing any good and so what you're talking about is finding that kind of uh, middle uh, porridge that's not too hot and not too cold Uh, do you have any tools to help make that easier Uh, you, you talk about some free ones what are some other tools to help do that
1: well, we developed Publisher Rocket, that software um, I talked about at the beginning. And the whole purpose of that was to answer those three questions. And that's just in our keyword feature. Uh, you can type in phrases and Publisher Rocket will pull even more so than Amazon would show. Uh, phrases that have been typed into Amazon. It will also tell you how many people per month uh, type that phrase in. So now you can actually know that number. And it will actually give you a competition score from 0 to 100 with the 100 being impossible and 0 being you know easy uh, to rank for it. So that kind of takes out the guesswork and saves the people a lot of time. And by the way, you were talking about the categories. And, uh, one of my, our favorite updates that we have on publisher rocket is that we actually have all 14,000 plus Amazon categories listed in it. And you can actually quickly find those categories that have zero books in them, uh, just by clicking a button. Although I'll tell you though, those categories are like some crazy, super niche. (laughs) Good luck ever writing a book on that, you know, type of thing.
0: I hear the category with the highest book price is um, like sailing law, like na- na- maritime law, that the books in that category sell for like $200 a copy. Because like <laughs> how many maritime lawyers are there in the world? And it's like uh, you should write a maritime law thriller and you pull that uh, that average down. <laughs> there you go. So let's talk a little bit how about how the Amazon search engine Works uh, Because I, I, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just like Google search engine. But that's not really true. In some ways, it's like Google search engine from like back in the day, right? It's not nearly as complicated as Google. But in other ways, they have access to data that Google doesn't have access to. They're able to look and see, you know, how many people are buying the books. And I feel like the, you know, dollar signs are a lot more important for Amazon's search engine than Google, which is more looking at like on-page Metrics. So, walk us through a little bit about how Amazon's uh, search engine works and what it's looking for on a page.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, that kind of leads in. So, we just talked about how to identify the right keywords you want to target. So, the second part is convincing Amazon's algorithm that your book should show up for that term. And the way you do that is a couple of things. Number one is when you go to publish your book, you have those seven Kindle keywords that you can put in there, there's the seven boxes, right? Um, take your keyword phrase or keywords and put them in there. Another thing, too, is... And by the way, we had experiments. Um, if you just type into Google, like, seven Kindle keywords, it shows this entire experiment. And I'll get into the details into a second. But what we also found from this experiment was that the words that you have in your title and the words that you have in your subtitle have even more of an impact on whether or not you get indexed. Now, I'm not saying that we should keyword stuff in there, but just understand that... When you put that keyword phrase in your title or subtitle, it definitely sends a bigger signal to Amazon that you really should be showing up for that term. Um, For those who are fearful about such an act, by the way, one thing I do tell people is, is that keywords aren't just this magical thing. They're actually the words your target market is using when they're thinking of the book they want. That's some great sales copy. So if you find out that people describe a pain point in one way, you may want to think about putting that in your title or subtitle because it really connects with that searcher. So that's another thing. There are a couple of other things that Amazon has actually said they use to index. Um, but those two right there are probably about 90%, uh, the mo, like out of all the effectiveness that covers about 90% of it. The rest are just kind of like small things here and there.
0: That really is like, that's not even like too early Google. That's like late Alta Vista <laughs> level yeah. SEO. Like uh, Google, you know, famously never looked at the keywords in the keyword boxes. Because believe it or not, on a web page, there's the same keyword boxes. They're called meta keywords, and Google never looked at those. And the other search engines did. Um, so it's fascinating that Amazon is still using that. Now, I, w- I want to zoom in on the title and subtitle because this is where the kind of the marketing and strategy of the book overlaps a little bit with the craft of the book. And it's easy, I feel, for nonfiction, right? You can kind of come up with whatever title you want. If it's short, then you come up with this really long descriptive subtitle that's got all the keywords in it, but in a really like natural way. Like I feel like it's easier to do that with nonfiction than for fiction, so for fiction, what do you recommend in that title and subtitle where it's still a compelling title for the humans, and yet it's got some of those uh, keywords that people are searching for?
1: Yeah, actually, one of the the recommendations I make, and this is gonna, this is actually kind of the lesson I always give at the end when I'm talking about the algorithm. But what you ultimately want to do is you want to convince the searcher that this is the book they're looking for. Okay. Now, there's three things that a um, Amazon shopper will look at. Okay, and that's the cover, the title, and the subtitle. By looking at those three things, okay, and that's before they click, all right, that makes them decide if they're going to click, you need to make sure that those three things answer certain questions. Now, in nonfiction, those questions, the three things that they need to answer are, what will this teach me? How will I benefit from it? And who is this for? In fiction, on the other hand, what you really need to exemplify is what kind of genre this is. What kind of subgenre this is and what can I expect? Now, genre and subgenre, this is really important, okay, uh, to go in line with your fiction question. I am a diehard game lit lit RPG fan, okay? I love those kinds of books. Uh, I read them like crazy. And for those who don't know what that is, um, lit RPG is literature role playing games. And a subgenre of that is called gamelit, which is usually where the person is trapped in a video game. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm a total nerd.
0: It's sword art online, but in book form.
1: That's right. <laughs> right? Exactly. Guy gets trapped in a video game, he's got to fight his way or level up or whatever. And best is, is that uh, now, um, like, if, if mods turn. I, sorry. I'm getting off topic. Point is, really cool. <laughs> Here's the problem, though. If I look at a book cover okay, uh, for a game-lit book, there's nothing you can put on that cover that tells me immediately that this isn't just another fantasy book, okay? There's nothing you can do. You have to tell me somewhere else, and that means the title or subtitle. Um, In this, imagine some female character fighting a giant spider arachnid thing that's trying to kill her. That is the cover of one of my favorite game-lit books. The problem is there's nothing game-lit about that. And you can't do anything about it. So what she did, in this case, was that she has some cool, you know, one-word title. Got it. That's very fantasy-like, okay? And then the subtitle is Epic Lit RPG and Game Lit Fantasy Adventure. Those are probably her keywords, okay, that, that she's investigated for that specific aspect, but more importantly to me as a searcher, and this is how I actually found her, was I typed in gamelit into Amazon, and I scrolled, and the first couple of books, I couldn't tell if they were actually gamelit until I got to hers, where she informed me right there in the subtitle, oh, snap, this is my kind of genre and subgenre, and I know what to expect, she got the click, read a really good book uh, blurb, bought it on the spot,
0: and enjoyed it. And this isn't some kind of, like, black hat technique. This is a pro-human technique. Because while it helps you make the decision, yes, this is a book I want to read, it also helps the fantasy reader who doesn't like game lit. They're like, no, I want my fantasy to be real. I don't want it to be taking place inside of a video game. Who might have been turned off having read the book, right? They they saw the cover. It's like, ooh, woman fighting a spider. This looks cool. They start reading. It, it's like, wait, video game. Then they go and leave a negative review because it's not what they're expecting. So, so this actually is a really solid strategy in that it helps with SEO, but it's also a solid strategy in that it's for humans. And I think that that distinction is really important between um, what we in the traditional SEO world call black hat SEO and white hat SEO. (laughs) So Google has a lot of rules when it comes to SEO and what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And if you're breaking Google's rules, it's called black hat SEO. Are there any black hat SEO techniques that authors should avoid on their Um, web pages or is it pretty controlled where Amazon doesn't let you do anything that you're not allowed to do?
1: Well, that kind of leads into the third part, which is what affects rankings, right? Um, There are things that you can do to give your book a chance to rise up above the rest and show up initially. But the fact of the matter is, is that the number one deciding point on whether or not one book ranks over another is what makes Amazon more money. And you kind of alluded to that before where you said that, hey, you know, like Amazon has information on which choice actually ended up with a sale and therefore how much money did this make over this one so even though amazon's very simplistic and they use your inputted keywords right to then help index you they're using the shoppers decisions on your rankings that's why you can't really black hat it. You can do things to give yourself a bump, but in the end, when the stranger types in that keyword and they don't choose your book and they instead choose somebody else, you will fall back down to where you actually belong. So it's it's very simplistic, but it's a beautiful process. And that's why we don't have the entire Amazon scape just being destroyed by black hatters and things like that.
0: So while the description... Amazon doesn't really look at the description, right? the The text, what some people call a blurb, although technically blurbs are what other writers write about your book. Uh, well, that text isn't really indexed for Amazon search. It is important, actually, or is it? Actually, it is. It is. It is.
1: Yep. Um. There, and I know there. So there's actually two conflicting beliefs on it, and the one side that says that the book descriptions aren't indexed. Um, usually will point to a tactic where they say, I typed in a sentence or I copied an entire sentence and I pasted it into Amazon search and it provided nothing. Then the second thing I've heard people say is I typed in some crazy word that only my book would have. And the only place it was in was in the book description. And when I did a search for Amazon, it didn't show it. So that's the one, what's one of the major sides that I've seen. But here's why it actually does. First off, Amazon says it does. Um, If you go to a9.com, that was the website for the company that runs the algorithms, all the algorithms on amazon.com, they actually have a part where they say, we index every product and book description. So... They even say that they go through and they read the descriptions that you use and they use that to choose whether or not your book shows up for it. Um, They have actually taken down that website since. Um, A fun little battle happened between A9 and Amazon uh, this past summer where the A9 workers got pissy about (laughs) Amazon, uh, trying to force them to choose Amazon products over other products. And they talked to the Wall Street Journal And uh, the Wall Street Journal published a scathing article about it. Uh, And like literally the next day, Amazon shut down the A9.com website and 301 redirected to their own website. Oh, wow. And they moved A9 under the vice president of marketing uh, for Amazon. They used to be two separate organizations in a way. Like they had their own separate. Now they have to report to Amazon. So... Uh, very interesting, but before they 301 redirected, they actually told you that they index what's in the book description, but here's my, here's my thoughts on why the two things that I listed before don't work. I believe that Amazon doesn't index full sentences because that's not how shoppers type. We do not type a full sentence. We just type certain descriptive words, phrases, nouns, and it's never grammatically correct. So their indexing capability, their way to crawl and pull the information, is not about a full sentence or some made-up word that it's never seen before. It's looking for things that it thinks it should see. Here's a great example of this in action. I don't know if you've seen it, right? But when you go to your book sales page on Amazon, you scroll down to the reviews, you've noticed that they now have this, like, density cloud at the top, right, where they're listing certain words that reviewers have used to describe the book. hmm Right. You see those? And you can actually click on one and it will show every review that has that word or phrase in it. Well, when you look at those, uh, phrases, those, those review phrases, notice that they're not crazy words. They're not the is and him. It is usually three things. Something specific to the book's title, a type of review, review phrase, or a genre, subgenre specific phrase, aka keyword. That is because Amazon has said, this is a lit RPG book. Therefore, we're going to crawl and index all the words the reviewers are using. And here are lit RPG type phrases. So let's show those. And they're doing the same for those other two. I think Amazon does the same thing for the book description, where it says, hey, this book is a lit RPG. Let's crawl the, the book description and look for lit RPG type terms to further our belief that this is a legit lit RPG book. And that's how I think it actually indexes and pulls information.
0: Because we could we should say that there's no human who's making these decisions. It's not like somebody from Amazon is going to your book page and be like, "I think these six words should rank." Uh, what happens is there's an artificial intelligence neural network at Amazon that is using machine learning uh, and it's training itself based off of data on Amazon on how to better rank books. So it's not only is it not a human who's doing it. It's not even a computer program programmed by a human that's doing it. It's a computer program that's programming itself how to do it, which once you get into machine learning, it's very scary if you write sci-fi because you're like, the future is here. The computers are teaching themselves how to get smarter. And and so what it's doing is it's looking at that text, like you're saying, and it's running it through these kind of ever-changing algorithms. And it's getting smarter and better at avoid, at identifying the words that matter. Uh, which is actually a really great kind of machine learning exercise of here's these thousand words that people have said about the book either in the description or in the reviews and here are the ones that matter the ones that are unique to this book and aren't overly common right and it just uses really complicated statistical methods to identify what those words are and what those words aren't and it's it's shockingly good like machine learning is kind of scary how good it is
1: Absolutely. I mean, if they can increase conversion rates by just one percent, we're talking billions of dollars with Amazon. So of course, they're really trying to learn everything and make sure they provide the best products possible based off of the search. So this is the big thing that, that we're looking at. Um, so we discussed the how to identify the right keywords, then we discussed the things you can do to increase your indexing. I just want to go a bit into what affects the rankings now, The number one thing that affects the rankings is if somebody goes to Amazon and types in your keyword, and then they scroll, and they click on your book, and they purchase it, you just sent a direct... That shopper just sent a direct signal to Amazon that says, hey, Amazon, when this person used this phrase, this was the best product for them, okay? Uh, And again, that comes down to that strategy we were just talking about, was that if somebody types in your target keyword phrase, does your book answer their three questions, right, and fit their needs. Um, And again, we were talking about nonfiction, right? Nonfiction is what does this teach me, how do I benefit from it, and who is this for? In fiction, it's what genre, what subgenre, and what to expect. So you authors, as you've identified your keywords, you have to go through and ask yourself, does my cover title and subtitle convince this person who had typed this phrase in that this is the right book for them? Does it answer their questions? That right there will naturally increase your conversion rates. Just like that lady I was talking about on GameLit because she reinforced in my mind that this was a GameLit book, she beat out the four other books above her. And come to find out, she sat right at the top because she was the most likely to convince a GameLit fan that her GameLit book was the right book for them. So keep that in mind. Now, here is a hack that I'm going to give. And I, again, I feel safe giving this because you can't black hat the system. But this will give an author an ability to jump up to the top and see if they belong there. Okay? And that is, is that when you do a launch, you know, if you have a launch team, you have people who are gung-ho or people who you know are going to buy your book regardless. I tell them, hey, thank you so much. And instead of sending them a link, I'll just ask, would you mind, you know, searching for my book using this phrase? First person, it might take a bit to find it, but when they finally find it and they click on and purchase it, it'll jump up immediately. And then the second person, third person, and so forth. And I've noticed that about four or five people alone will help drive your book right to the top for that keyword.
0: That is brilliant. That is a really solid strategy.
1: Again, I'm not breaking the system and I'm not making Amazon a bad place because if you don't belong there, immediately upon the natural shopper, Typing it in and not selecting your book, you will fall down to where you belong. This is just a tactic to give you that push up to the top, so that you get a a chance at being where you should be.
0: I love that. I love that, and that's a really easy strategy uh, to implement. And uh, I think it's and you're rewarding Amazon, right? Because ultimately their goal is to sell books, <laughs> and they don't care exactly which books sell. And so, if you're sending people to Amazon to buy books, uh, why not have them do a search? instead Um so we're talking about you know what the what amazon looks at I, I do have one question that is when we're talking about machine learning one of the things google does is it customizes the results per the person right so if i were to do a search for dentist and you do a search for dentist we're in different parts of the country we may see entirely different results we may see the same wikipedia page at the top right but then all of our results below that may be different because we're different and, and google knows a you know creepy amount of information about us does amazon do that same kind of customization on a per user basis is that one of the elements it looks at
1: oh 100 percent. yeah they're hardcore about it they really are and the reason for that is um because the truth is is it's a much better search if they know what i've already been buying um, they can tell that you know i'm a diehard star wars fan uh well, i'm not excited about nine but whatever
0: are you still a diehard star wars fan are you still one <laughs> The Mandalorians
1: re- reaffirming my my love. Dave Filoni and uh, John Favreau they're they're my homies. Um, I will only watch anything they make from this point on. Uh, Kathy Kennedy, no, thank you. Um, sorry, just nerd rage right there. Yeah,
0: yeah, making Luke Skywalker a coward was a mistake. We will uh, never forgive you, Kathleen Kennedy. Luke Skywalker should never have been a coward.
1: Oh, so much to it. Um, <laughs> but I digress. So. But it knows that I'm a Star Wars fan, so it's gonna be more likely to show me Star Wars books. It also knows that I'm a gamelet fan. It knows the things I bought, it knows my tendencies. It's kind of helping me by saying, hey, he, he typed this in, but we know he likes gamelet. let's show him a couple of gamelet in there. So over time, Amazon will try to show things based off of what they know you you buy. Uh, they're also getting smart enough to know that I buy I own three of the books in a series and the fourth book just come out came out. I'm probably going to see that fourth book more often than somebody who hasn't even bought any of the series. This is ways that they help to make themselves more money. Because remember, the rule number one is what makes Amazon more money. And in the end, providing the right product to the shopper is not only a great way to make the shopper happier, it's also a great way to make more money. So yes, Amazon takes in your previous shopping attitudes and habits and buying habits, and it does change what it shows you based off of that.
0: So just because you rank number one for your book on a certain search phrase because you've done that search phrase six times and it's ranking your book number one doesn't mean that other people doing that same search are seeing the same things.
1: That's right. And one way you can get a clear indication of what's going on is, uh, I like to use Chrome incognito mode when I'm checking Amazon. So if you have Chrome, uh, on your computer, right click it and then select open in incognito. What this does is it blocks, it doesn't allow you to log in, so it doesn't, Amazon doesn't know it's you. Uh, it also makes sure that no cookies, um, are being used, so Amazon can't use any previous information they tried to attach to you. Uh, they can't use any other information of where you came from or any of that other stuff. It's just to Amazon. You're kind of a blank slate. They just know that you're in the United States. Well, if you are, then yes, it knows that location. And that's about it. So when you do your searches, when you're doing keyword research, when you're trying to figure out these things, absolutely use uh, incognito mode so that your previous buying habits and search habits do not affect what Amazon shows you.
0: That's really good. And I will say uh, Firefox also has incognito mode. And in Safari, it's called private window. So it doesn't have to be Chrome. If you're a, a Chrome hater, we're not saying it has to be Chrome. <laughs> but doing an incognito search. I think actually Opera was the first one. To, I don't remember who was the first browser. I think Opera also has it. I know we have a lot of European listeners. I know Opera is very uh, surprisingly popular in Europe. I'm not entirely sure. Why? But uh, we're almost out of time, but I, I have a couple of kind of lightning round questions I want to ask uh, real quick. And one is, what is a common myth about Amazon SEO that you want to debunk real quick?
1: Well, I guess we really talked about that with the uh, book descriptions. Um, you know, I, I think the the hardest thing was, is that, or the biggest thing was, Amazon actually says it. Um, but trying to figure out how they do it, I think has been the hardest part about it. Um, another thing, though, is, is that, you know, people say that, that, there's nobody knows any of the information, uh, that everybody's just guessing. And if you re-listen to this, you'll know when I say I think, and I specifically say that because I really want to make sure it's, it's understood of what is and what is thought. Um, but there are a lot of areas where Amazon really does list and talk about what influences their decisions and um, you can find that by going through a whole bunch of information. But it's one of those things that I really like to make sure that when I provide information on Kindlepreneur that I'm letting people know when it is fact and I go right to the source and when it is subjective opinion.
0: That's right. And you can also reverse engineer uh, search algorithms uh, certain amounts. So you know, people have been doing this with Google for a long time, and the challenge with reverse engineering a search engine by doing lots of experiments and seeing what the results are, is that since that search engine is self-training because of machine learning, uh, it's always evolving. And even the studies that you're doing on it are changing its behavior. Uh, and so it, getting it from the horse's mouth, so to speak, is always better, if you can believe them. You know, sometimes you're like... Is that really true or they just want us to think that that's true so that we don't uh, game the system? I don't – although I will – I should say I don't know of any times an Amazon has knowingly misled uh, the public about their search engine. I don't think Unlike Google. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can say the same about certain other companies. I wasn't going to name any names, but uh, certain oh, yeah. names have been stated. Google, don't come for me. I'm very happy user. <laughs> happy user. <laughs> um, so, uh, Dave, where can people find out more about you?
1: Sure, you can find me at kindlepreneur.com. And if there's any questions anybody has from anything we talked about, just go to my contact me page, um, fill it in. I'll be more than happy to reply.
0: And we'll have links to the Kindle calculator uh, that Dave mentioned uh, earlier in the show. If you want to check the sales of a specific book, it's a really useful tool. We'll also have a link uh, to the Kindlepreneur podcast and Publish Rocket in the show notes. Uh, Dave, last call for any final tips or encouragement.
1: I think the biggest thing is for out of all of this, is just answer those three questions about your cover, title, and subtitle. Because not only will that help you with what we talked about, natural rankings and people clicking and buying, it'll also uh, help you with all the other marketing efforts you make. Confusion leads to no sales, all right? One of my favorite adages is, if you confuse, you lose. So if somebody can't look at your cover, title, and subtitle and understand those three answers, then they're probably just gonna walk away. So check that out, really apply it, and you'll see some great changes across the board, not just in SEO rankings.
0: Well said, well said. Dave Chesson, thank you so much for joining us today on the Novel Marketing Podcast. Absolutely, and thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by my course, The Art of Persuasion. Get help persuading people to buy your book in this popular course. This course is normally $49, but it's free for all patrons through the end of February 2020. And don't forget, February is a short month, so grab your free copy now before it's too late. And for those of you listening in the future, patrons can still save 50%, just like with all of our other courses. Speaking of patrons, the patrons-only monthly episode just posted. In this episode, we talk about where to get hardback books printed, animated book covers, reader magnet formats, buying reviews from Kirkus, uh, when you need an audiobook, ISBN numbers, and more. And this episode is available to all of our $3 patrons and up. Uh, You can also subscribe to a patrons-only feed and listen to the patrons-only episodes uh, in an app just like how you listen to this show. And if you want instructions on how to do that, you can find them on patreon.com. And a special thanks to our featured patron today, Jennifer Lamont Leo, author of You're the Cream in My Coffee. In 1928, small town woman Marjorie Corrigan travels to Chicago and thinks she sees her first love, believe killed in the Great War, alive and well in the Chicago's train station. Suddenly, everything in her life is up. Grab. So thank you, Jennifer, for being a patron. And if you would like to become a patron, uh, we have a link in the show notes at NovelMarketing.com. And if you can't afford to be a patron, don't worry. If you still want to help the show, you can just leave us a review through Rate This Podcast dot com forward slash novel marketing. I very much appreciate everyone who leaves a review for the show. It helps us get uh, bigger, more noteworthy guests. When someone's trying to decide whether they want to come on the show, one of the things they look at is how many reviews the show has. So the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. You have been listening to Thomas Umstadt Jr. and Dave Chesson on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between.